They're all good songs. But this is another good one. And it really goes along with what we were talking about this morning. And so I wanted to preach this to you as well. And uh, this day and time that we live in, we need to get right. We need to have messages preached to us about doing the right thing. We need that more and more. But we also need some messages about how God is on our side. Amen. And that we're not, as Christians, we're not under the yoke of bondage. We are uh, people of liberty. God has given us liberty. And even if we, uh, there's a... uh, There's a song, and and it's a biblical song, and it talks about uh, uh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. And the idea behind that is is the the rock that followed them uh, when they come up out of Israel represented Jesus Christ, and it gave them water. And we are walking in a weary land right now. And I don't just mean America, I mean the whole world. And uh, from time to time, you you need to be refreshed. Uh, from the water of the Word of God. And that's exactly uh, what these chapters are about. We looked at this morning. We look at this one tonight. And we'll ask the Lord to bless it now. And, and we'll get into the chapter. It's uh, several verses long, 40 verses long. I don't know how we'll ever get out of here before midnight. Lord, thank you for your goodness and how good you've been to us. You've been very merciful and long-suffering and very patient with us. And Lord, we thank you for that. We pray you'd Add something to our lives tonight from the Word of God that would help us go on down the road a little bit further. Get glory and honor out of our lives. And we'll thank you so much for what you do. In Jesus Christ's name we ask these things. Amen. Amen. All right. Verse number one. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. You know, uh, Barack Obama and uh, now that I don't know that he's the worst person in the world, but he's somebody everybody can see right now. Amen. Uh, if we're talking about, he says, fret not thyself of, of evildoers, uh, then Obama and Hillary and the rest of that political crowd and the Hollywood crowd, that all comes to mind. Now, if you're still in love with that crowd, you help yourself. You, this America, you, you're, uh, you're free to do what you want to and think what you want to. But I tell you what, God's not on that crowd's side. That's a wicked crowd. Amen. I say that's a wicked crowd. Amen. You say, well, preacher, I hate it. You preach hard all the time. Well, I'm talking about Hollywood. Now I ain't talking about you. Relax a little bit. Amen. Amen. But he says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. And I, I, I promise you this. People like these politicians, Obama and, and the like, they're doing more harm than they are, are good. And there used to be them folks, uh, whether it was the president or whether it was... Uh, whether it was Congress, they would come to, to Washington and do a little bit of work, and they'd go home and take care of their own affairs for several months. And, and, and I think that'd be good if they'd just go home and, and leave Washington, D.C. to itself right now. Leave us alone. They're doing more harm than good. And they, uh, it seems like every time you turn around, they're standing up for the wicked cause, the right for somebody to do wickedness. And I don't believe you got a right to do wickedness. You can do it. You can do it, and people have been doing it since Adam and Eve ate off of that tree. Uh, but that doesn't mean you got a right to do it. And when they talk about inalienable rights, to uh, and the the Constitution talks about things like that, well, we've got a right to set your own uh, life goals and to do what you move about freely. Uh, but when you're talking about taking dope and messing up your mind and possibly messing up your children's mind and and probably getting your best friend killed in a drunken accident, you ain't got no right to do that. Amen. Amen. And I tell you what, if our country's just fighting for the freedom to be queers and drunkards, uh, then we ain't got much left to fight for. Amen. Well, if you want to do right and help your neighbor, and and boy, I'm all for your rights that way, and so is God. God's for that. Uh, But, you know, we get to seeing all this hardship and this evil stuff stacking up, and we do begin to fret. Oh, my soul, what are we going to do if Hillary gets in? What are we going to do if, uh, if old so-and-so does this or that? And then they'll come up with some wicked cause, and then they'll have a... They'll ha- and you'll think you're about to win the battle. And they'll put some TV star that everybody loves, and he'll come in and, and back everything up. And, and it seems like it's hard to defeat. You thought Andy Griffith was a conservative like you his whole entire life. And just as liberal as he could be. Uh, but at any rate, he played the role of a conservative every time. And so you thought he was a conservative. 
And about the time he died, he come out with this commercial supporting Obamacare. And that, I think maybe that might have helped in pushing that thing over. They was intent on doing that anyway. Uh, but, you know, we, you say in your mind, I can't believe old so-and-so is this way. Or I can't believe that person is standing up for this. And how, how in the world could they stand up for that? Well, the Bible tells you just not to fret about it. If you read the book of Revelation, you read the book of Daniel, he told you it was going to come out like that. He said, well, I can't believe that preacher stood up and, and uh, apostatized that way. I can't believe that preacher stood up and, and uh, compromised with the world like he did. Well, the Bible told you in Second Thessalonians that there was coming a falling away concerning the church in the last day. The Lord told you about that stuff. There'd be evil men to stand up and do hard things. Let me just say this. Don't fret about them. You keep doing the right thing. Amen. God's going to take care. And that's what this chapter is about. I could go on and explain some more of that. But as we go through the chapter, you're going to see that that's the, that's the theme of this chapter and what God's going to do about certain things. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. You know, I, one thing I hate in my life is, uh, and I shouldn't say hate, I guess that's too strong a word for this particular situation, but it does bother me a little bit uh, that uh, that... Uh, I'm a preacher and, and you're a, a, a maintenance man or you're a store owner or you're whatever it is that you are, a tree man or whatever the case might be. we got a lot of different uh, folks. Right? You might work at you know, a factory or work in some store or something like that. And you've got good intentions. I mean, all of us got some vein of wickedness in our lives. But we're met here on a Sunday night. It's a good indication you probably love the Lord and trying to do the right thing. And it seems like uh, there, there ain't never quite enough money. I don't care if you make 50000 a year or if you make 20000 a year. It just seems like we're all in the same boat. And if I had just a little bit more, I'd do a little bit more. And here's a guy that bounces a rubber ball and throws it back and forth. And they make $10 million a year. And that kind of upsets me a little bit. <laughs> I mean, just because they ain't doing nothing. Did you know that? I like ball, I guess, as best as it, as good as anybody else, as long as it ain't baseball. I like to play baseball, but I couldn't sit down and watch a baseball game for nothing. I just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. That that that'd be like that'd be like watching sap run out of an old pine tree. <laughs> I just don't like it. Just don't don't care nothing about it. And to think that a fella gets paid millions of dollars to do that. That can be a little upsetting to a working man. Because you know what it means? It means absolutely nothing. Who's going to win the Super Bowl this year? Well, if Dallas don't, it don't matter. <laughs> Ain't that right? It don't matter no way. It don't matter if Dallas does. It don't matter if your favorite team wins or not. If the performance of your favorite team affects your performance at your job on Monday, you need to rethink that thing a little bit. If you're getting ulcers over something like that, you need to rethink it. But he said, "Be thou." He said, "Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity." And in the grand scheme of things, I wouldn't trade ten million dollars for my soul. But I'm afraid most of them fellows have. If if they was ever, you know, you see people on there praying and they score a touchdown, and they get down on one knee and pretend like they're praying. How are you going to pray and ten million people around you screaming? I just don't think there's enough concentration in a fellow to do that. But I'm not going to judge their heart because I can't do that. But I tell you what, when a fellow does actually get down and start living a Christian life in the football league, they kicked him out. They couldn't say he didn't perform neither because he ne nearly got to the Super Bowl the first year. You say, what was their problem with him? The Lord was their problem with him. That's exactly right. And so these fellas, I just don't believe there's much God involved in that. You're telling me that they're going to stand up for the fact that these fellas won't stand up for the, for the national anthem? And they say that's their God-given right and say that's a demonstration of their own feelings. But they are laughing, mocking, make fun when Tim Tebow gets down on the knee on the sideline. I mean, ain't they, don't that represent what he feels? What he believes? Double-minded hypocrites. Amen? That's right. So I get uh, when when a when a man is working hard and doing what he's supposed to be and can't get by and he sees a bunch of uh, juvenile delinquents playing football for millions of dollars, he, it can strike up some enviousness. But the Lord said, lay that aside too. Don't lay that aside too. Because them fellas, I believe they've, 
I believe they've given part of their soul over to that. They definitely ain't going to church on Sunday morning. Not that I know of. I'm not saying that's complete and total all the way across the board. But that's one of the great illustrations. I mean, when you was a kid, you went out in your sandbox that mama made for you or the dirt or some mud hole somewhere and played. And you pretended you was a truck driver or you pretended you was, uh, if you was a girl, you might have pretended you was the, you know, uh, hopefully you wasn't playing in a mud hole playing beauty queen with your Barbie dolls. But, I mean, you went out and you pretended and and your mind I guess was enlarged by your imagination and all that good stuff Uh, but then folks grow up and they still pretending playing in the sandbox I'm Rambo or I'm this or that them movie stars they're playing in the sandbox for millions of dollars and then they put them on TV like they're an authority you mean you're an authority on pretending and there's nothing I hate worse, Brother Curtis, than to see a, a movie actor standing on TV telling me what I ought to do about my politics. Now, I think you ought to vote for so-and-so. I think you ought to shut your mouth. <laughs> I mean, if all you've ever done in your life to make money was pretend about something, I mean, you think about that. Your favorite actor in your favorite movie ain't nothing but pretending. And I like entertainment as much as the next people, but I just don't take it serious. That's why television's a sin for some people, and the, the people that it's a sin for is the people that gets all tangled up. Oh, I want to be like that. I want to be like that great starlet. Just want to be just like her. You mean you want seven marriages like her? Now you go in the grocery store, and all, all you see is Angelina and Brad. They're broken. Well, who didn't know that was going to happen? So I, you ladies say, I'd like to be as pretty as her. Would you like to be as divorced as her? Would you like to be as beat up as her? Would you like to be as on dope as Brad Pitt? That's what you want? You don't want that. Because the, the, the end of that's the same as, as it is for your country cousin out here that got put in a grave because of it. Just because you got money and good looks don't make things more enjoyable. Hmm? How do you enjoy a divorce? $10 million do it for you? I don't think it would. So the Bible says don't be envious against the workers of iniquity. Just let them do what they're going to do. And uh, you keep minding the Lord. Amen. Verse 2. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass. God's going to send one of these uh, landscapers we got in the church by and cut them down. They shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. You know, the, you can take the prettiest flower that there is on this earth. And cut it down, and three or four hours it won't be worth looking at. Ain't that right? Get you a nice rose bush, get you some tulips or some Easter lilies or violets or whatever kind of flower you like and think it's the prettiest. And I don't care if you just like that little yellow weed, that little yellow, what do you call them things? Dandelions. That ain't nothing. It's pretty to me. But you cut it down, let it lay there a couple hours, and it'll just be like every other piece of dried up nothing. People get their eyes on the people of the world and it looks wonderful and and there's some kind of major attraction about that and something to be admired as far as the flesh is concerned. Well, listen, you let God put his hand in there and touch their life and cut that stuff down, they'll be just as ugly as you in a day or two. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, how wonderful they have it. They've just got a fairy tale life and then next week you hear they're going through a divorce now. Right. Which I'd rather they just not tell me about it. Amen. Because uh, movie stars and, and singers and stuff like that, of course, some people fall in love with singers too. What in the world would we have done without Elvis? But people like that mean almost next to nothing to me. I mean, as far as, as life is concerned. Uh, we have to have singing in church because that's part of the makeup to it. And I've never thought this about church singers at all. But there's always something struck me funny about somebody that would get in public and say, let me sing for you. I mean, you must think about, you must think an awful lot about yourself to get up in front of somebody and, and charge them money for it too, just to sing. Henry, I'm going to sing you a song. Why? If, you, if a movie comes on and you want me to turn it off, the best thing, that, the, the easiest way to make me turn off a movie is to break out and sing it. During the, I just don't like that sort of thing. 
Why would you just break out in song? When we got married, we were standing there in front of the preacher, and the preacher was talking away, and all of a sudden they brought Ruth a microphone. And she broke out in song. I was like... <laughs> oh, and the women, that's the sweetest thing. And I'm so... Everybody looking at me, and Lord, have mercy. I just go... But people actually get paid for that. I mean, that's, that's about the least of my mind. Suppose I stand here preaching, then I turn around. Oh, Nathan, you're the greatest partner and friend and assistant pastor that the world has ever known. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. People love it. People of this world eat that up. Love it. Just abs- it just does something for folks. I ain't got much use for singers and actors and stuff like that. Amen? And what they think I don't much care about. The Bible tells you to be that way. He says what's going to happen to that crowd that the world loves and follows like that, he's going to cut them off one of these days. And if you ain't careful as a Christian, you can get the eye in those people and get downright disgusted about it. You know what the, you ought to do? You ought to live a Christian life That'll be far and above the influence of any of of the ungodly, worldly folks in this world. Just live so close to God that no matter how bad they mess things up, it won't bother you at all. It won't unsettle your nerves. You won't sit around and worry about that to the point where you're going to pass out. Amen? Amen? Because they're not going to change your future none. God might have already set things up to where they, the, the people of the world influence the course of the world, but they're not going to change your destination one bit. You're a child of the king. That's where you're headed, amen? He said, well, they've taken us to a mud hole, but God's taking you to joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen? So what if we have to go through some hardship along the way? Then you just have to go through some hardship along the way. But what's that if the end of that is, is glory, is joy? Is peace. Amen. So go ahead. Don't, don't spend too much time thinking about the world. Amen. Trust in the Lord. Verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Just find something good to do. Amen. This church would be the greatest church ever if everybody in it would just get involved and start trying to do something good. And I don't necessarily mean, but I do mean, I do mean, and I do include witnessing and doing the right thing as far as the Bible's concerned. But hey, do good for your neighbor. And once you become a source of good for your neighbor, then they'll start looking to you for help. And then down, down the line somewhere, they're going to say, hey, can you help me with this particular problem i got going on? Then you can say, yeah, I've got the solution. It's Jesus. You make a good witness that way. So do good, he says. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Amen. The Lord will feed you. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Do you see that? Don't live your life uh, snared by or trapped by or in bondage by the rest of this world. You can live for God. It doesn't matter if everybody else in this world goes the opposite way. Listen, if everybody in the world buys an NIV, you keep buying God's book and go, go God's way. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Delight thyself in the Lord, he says. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. People think they're going to get the desires of their heart by being accepted. If my friends think highly of me, if I'm popular, if I've got the best clothes, then I'll be popular and I'll be happy. But that's not the way it goes. Happiness only depends on what's happening anyway. But the Bible says if you'll delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. If you're being like everybody else, you're actually giving them the desires of their heart. They decided to be a certain way and you validated it by backing them up and following them. Let them go and be their own silly self. If you're going to look like a fool out in public, you do that by yourself. I wouldn't wear a purple spike around town for nothing. I don't, I don't mean spike the man. I mean spike the haircut. Of course, I ain't got no hair up there to grow. But that's beside the point. <laughs> Amen? I wouldn't walk around and dressed all in black, you know, like uh, these, what do you call these kids that do that? 
God, I wouldn't do that for nothing. I wouldn't put on a dress and walk. I, listen, I don't care if, if every popular man movie star in the world puts on a dress. I ain't going to. Amen. You say, why? Because I want to do what the Lord. Listen, it ain't going to fulfill my desires to act like them. That's their desires. That, that might, must be a wicked desire or something. But I want to find out what's in the Bible and do what's in the Bible. And God said He'd give, give me the desires of my heart. He said, well, they'll all laugh at me. But the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6, you've been accepted in the beloved. So you find all these people that are, you know, kind of conservative and they go to church and they don't uh, go out and, you know, uh, go to the beer joints and stuff. You find people like that, conservative people that love God, you'll be accepted with them, loved by them, helped by them when you got troubles and troubles. Let me... Let me, you call Brad Pitt and see if he'll come help you next time your rent's due. Hmm? You call Angelina and you call the church and see which one meets your needs first. That's exactly right. How is it people love them that way? They don't give, they take. They take. They're consumers. Amen. Well, let's get on. We'll get back to that in a minute. Commit thy, delight thyself also in the Lord, verse 4, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. You take that verse home and open it up to chapter 37, verse 4, and just look at that. You see what that verse means, don't you? If you'll, if you'll find a way to love the things of God, God will give you the desires of your heart. Along the way, He'll improve the desires of your heart, so maybe a million dollars isn't realistic, let alone proper for you to be sitting around thinking about you won't all the time. But God will improve your de- the desires of your heart. He'll improve the desires of your heart, then He'll give them to you. Yeah. Amen. The key to getting God to give you the things that you want is to want the right things. And that's about the size of that verse right there. Verse number 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Just Everything you're going to do, if it's going to church, if it's going to work, if it's going out with your wife, if it's taking care of your family, commit that to the Lord and the Lord will give you your way. The Lord will help you do it. The Lord will bring it to pass. He says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. He'll make it happen. Amen? He'll make it happen in His time, but He'll make it happen. Verse number 6, And He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. The Lord going to make an example out of you. He said when, when you do the right thing, God's going to put you on display. Just, you know, you can't hide the noonday sun. You can't go out there and pretend it's nighttime. The sun's standing up there. It ain't going away. It's evident for all to see. When you do the right thing, the Bible says, God will bring your, God will give you the desires of your heart. He'll bring to pass... Uh, whatever you're trying to accomplish, and then in verse number 6, he'll let everybody see it to give a testimony of how good he's been to you. That's why folks used to stand up in church and say, well, I was trying to do this, and God helped me, and God blessed me. But nowadays, God helps somebody, and people people very shy and very ashamed to stand up and say, God did this for me. And the reason that it is, is most people think they did it. If you thought for one second that God gave you your business or gave you your car or gave you your house, you'd stand up and say something about it if you was God's son, if you was God's child. But the fact of the matter is we think we've done all that stuff. But God did. I think that goes along with this morning's sermon. But boy, if God starts doing something for you and blessing you, then what would be the problem with standing up in church and just saying, hey, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Well... I'm sure that goes for the blessed of the Lord. <laughs> and it maybe it may not be an actual Bible verse, but let the blessed of the Lord say so. Hey, look what a wife God gave me. Look what a house God gave me. Look what a husband God gave. Look what a look what a wonderful home God gave. Just give God the glory. Yeah. I was trying to do this and it was hard at first, but I finally got it done. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, the Bible said he would bring you forth like the He'd bring forth your righteousness, the things that you do right, as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. People say, boy, he really made the right decision right there. 
And that's what the world's trying to get. They're trying, the image they're trying to build is they're successful at everything. That's the image that the world's trying to build. They're so desperately trying to do that. But how could I say that of Brad Pitt when he's been married several times? How could I look at your favorite movie actor and say that he was doing good and that he was making right judgments when he has to keep going back to drug rehab? How can I look at those devastating situations and see all these people dying early in the rock and roll industry and say they've made the right choice? And some of these little girls running around town shaking their fist at mom and daddy. I'm going to go to the concerts. You're not going to tell me what to do. Them's good, but they sing about things that appeal to my heart. Well, connected to a bunch of misery, ain't you? Hmm? They can't stay out of drug rehab. You're going to follow them? Hmm? How come the preacher's such a stick in the mud and and the rock and roll stars are so wonderful and they're the ones that keep ending up in rehab? Hmm? Oh, you ought to feel sorry for them. I don't feel sorry for them. I didn't make them take the drugs. You you feel sorry for them if you want to. See where that gets you. You say, what happens when you feel sorry for them? You pay for their junk. Hmm? Ain't that right? Well, keep living that way if you want to, Dunce. Let them pull you into it. You say you're supposed to help them. Yeah, I will help them. Call on the name of the Lord and He'll save you from that. Amen. Brother Curtis, when I was out doing what I wanted to do, didn't one person come by and bottle feed me or help me get into the trouble. They come by and said, you better get right. If you're not, you're going to break your neck. Mama come by and said, hey, you've got to get this right or this is going to happen. Then nobody pat me on the back and say, oh, I wish you would... Get right. They said, get right, stupid. You say, what happened? I got right. You know what that means? Then people hollering, get right, stupid, love me more than the people, my friends, patting me on the back, telling me to do what I wanted to. Amen. And that's exactly what the world does. They do what they want to and they end up in divorce. They do what they want to and they end up in the ditch drunk. They do what they want to and they end up in drug rehab, if they're lucky. Amen. You do what God wants you to, you end up with a happy heart. You do what God wants to, you end up in church. You do what God wants you to, you end up in a decent marriage. You do what God wants you to, you end up with enough good judgment to make a little money and be a little bit prosperous. I, I mean, not didn't that say you was going to get rich, but if you do the right thing, things are going to work out right. That's just the way it goes. That's just the way it is. Amen? You can call me hard if you want to, but that's right whether you're mad about it or not. You can pout about it and suck your thumb about it, but it ain't going to change a thing. The, the way of the transgressor is hard, and the, the folks that follow God might suffer persecution from the world. They might have some rough roads to travel, but there's joy unspeakable that goes through it. And a bunch of wicked people on this earth had not had a minute's joy and peace since the first time they touched a cigarette, since the first time they touched a beer, since the first time they turned on Elton John. Or Ozzy Osbourne, they ain't had a minute's peace since they put on the first Booger Man movie or whatever the case goes. They just ain't no peace in that. Uh, You get drunk and get high and pretend you're happy if you want to, but that ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. Just ain't going to work. Commit your way to the Lord. He'll bring some things to pass, and then he'll show everybody got good judgment. One time old Curtis back there quit drinking beer and got in church. Everybody can stand back there and look at him now and say, boy, that was a wise decision. I just don't understand it. And I'm harping on it a little bit because we all, not just you, but me, we all need to be a little bit more wise in who we follow and who we let entertain our families. But how in the world can you look at a man? Sure, he made a good move and he jumped out of the 30th story of a building and shot one person on every floor as he went down and then landed in the swimming pool and swam away and that was the most awesome thing you ever seen. But how are you going to stand at a man and say he's wonderful and say when he can't keep a wife and his children are suffering because of it and he's got 10 children by 10 different wives and all them children are in, uh, are in counseling because they just don't understand why nobody loves them or understand it. How can you look at somebody whose life is so destroyed and then magnify them and worship them just because they pretended on some movie or because they got up and played an electric guitar for 45 minutes and a bunch of people screamed and hollered and adored them. The fact that people adore them and buy their records 
doesn't make them any better people and doesn't give them good judgment just because they suckered 15,000 people out of $15 million. Amen. You do the right thing and God will show you to be a person of good judgment. God will show it. He shall bring forth thy righteousness. God will do that as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Some of you folks, I, know, I, I don't know everything about you, but I know some of your families. I know how it goes. You go, to your, you go to your family reunions and they mock you and make fun of you because you don't drink no more, because you don't let your kids do certain things and listen to certain music. Just go ahead and keep getting that ridicule. Go ahead and let them keep talking like that. Just laugh it off. Because one of these days, God's going to show who made the best decisions, who made the right decisions. And maybe that's a selfish way of looking at it, but I didn't think of it. That verse of Scripture thought of it. God said He'd bring you forth and shine, let it shine forth. Amen. God's going to use you as a good example. I'd rather be used as a good example than a poor example, wouldn't you? <laughs> Amen. Uh, unfortunately, I've been on both sides of that. I have walked away from the Lord in my teenage years, and God showed me to be a fool. Everybody knew it. Didn't, wasn't nobody guessing about that. Hmm? Yes, sir. And then I followed the Lord, and the Lord showed some things to be right. Amen. And then verse number 7, rest in the Lord. When's the last time you had some good rest? I took a nap before church today, but I don't feel rested. <laughs> I feel like I, I could have slept six or seven more hours. And uh, we, we're probably not going to have Sunday. We're probably not going to have class tomorrow because if I say 15 more words, I think I'm going to throw up. But I'm tired of talking. Preach to, God did not call me to be an evangelist. I promise you that. I talked all day Sunday, talked all day Monday, preached on Tuesday, preached on Wednesday. I don't want to say another word. I want to go home and rest my mouth. <laughs> I'm going to try to get through all 40 of these verses, though. That's encouraging, ain't it? <laughs> uh, so I got me a little rest a while ago, but it didn't feel like rest. My eyes right now still feel like they're glued together in the center. You ever been like that? One of the worst things I've ever felt is to have to go into work. And, you know, I was raised where you go to work, you go to bed early, you go to sleep, you get up early. That's the way we was raised. I'm not saying that's what I do. I'm just saying that's the way we was raised to do it. And... Early days when I got out of the Marines, or even when I was in the Marines, had to get up way before the sun comes up and go into work. And uh, you're supposed to go to bed early and get up and be ready for work and go in. And the worst thing in the world in the back of your mind is to have somebody think you're lazy or to think you just got up. <laughs> I mean, you want everybody to think, I got up 10 hours ago. Matter of fact, I went to bed at 8 o'clock last night, slept for an hour. I've been up ever since, and I'm on top of my game, and I'm going to get everything. And here you are saying your eyes still glued together because you feel like you, you know, you just woke up you just woke up five minutes ago and stuffed your clothes on and got to work. That's the way you feel. You might have been up. I hate that feeling. And we feel that way because we don't get enough rest. We don't get enough rest. And the Bible says rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. We don't do that. We worry about everything. Uh, decide you're going to get to bed early one day and get some sleep. You lay there for an hour and a half just worrying about, hey, is my chainsaw going to work tomorrow? Is, is my wife going to be all right? Is my kids going to be all right? Hey, there's a lot of things that you do need to consider. And you do need to take care of some things. But the Bible says sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. you got enough stuff today to worry about. Don't even worry about it. Ruth will in, undoubtedly, she asked me today about it, and I don't care much about hearing stuff about it, but she, what do you want for dinner Thursday? <laughs> Thursday? And she probably meant Thursday of next month. She plans that far ahead. I don't, I don't, I don't know what I want for snack when I get home. <laughs> do you? Why in the world would I be worried about what we're going to have for dinner Thursday or Friday? I might have stretched that just a little bit. She might have meant Tuesday. But she definitely didn't mean today. And ladies worry about, you know what you ought to do, ladies? Just rest a little bit. My mama used to make dinner. and you know, Men get away with a lot of stuff nowadays. Mama used to make dinner, and if daddy come in and said, I don't like that, she'd just take it off the table. Why did you fix that? We just had that last month. 
He was lucky if mama didn't throw it at him. But she picked it up off the table and took it back in the kitchen. Fix whatever you want. He couldn't do nothing about it because she could beat him up. Y'all know my mama. She's just a little old lady, but I wouldn't fight her. I wouldn't fight her. No, sir. She'd pick it up off the plate and make something yourself. How'd I get on that? Oh, I, I was talking about Ruth planning dinner two or three days in it. I just, hey, just fix it. And if I don't like it, I'll complain about it, but I'll eat it because I don't want to lose the plate. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Just don't put no cooked onions in it and we'll be fine. But you know, that's a funny little illustration about planning out a meal, but some of you still already thinking about what you're going to do Friday and Saturday and Sunday next week. Who cares? The world might not even the world might not even be here. The zombies might come and eat everybody before next Friday. You you won't even be here to enjoy that ham you bought last week to have for supper three weeks from now. I bet some of you already bought your turkey for Thanksgiving. Cause you worry about all kinds of junk. Listen, here's your prescription from the doctor. The Lord said you could rest. Just rest. Don't worry about it. Am I going to get to shoot a deer? People get knots in their stomach. Am I going to get a deer this year? What if you don't? What if you don't go fishing? I tell you what, you can ask brothers. I hate to go fishing and not catch nothing. I don't even like to fish. I like to catch. I'm interested in eating the fish. I'm not interested in baiting a hook. I'm not interested in a fishing pole. Or if, if, if I could go to the side of the bank and hold out a... A uh, uh, Walmart bag, and they would jump in. I'd rather do that. I don't care nothing. I don't care nothing about sitting in a tree stand and waiting for a deer to come down. I mean, they should just come to my house and die on my front porch. I like to eat the deer. I like to eat the fish. I like to eat the hog. I like, I don't care nothing about hunting them and fishing them and finding them and spraying deer pee on my head. I don't have I don't have no interest in that stuff. So I'm not going. If I go hunting, I get something wonderful. If I don't, I may not go with you next time. It just depends on how I feel. But I'm not going to sit around and worry about it. It's okay. Listen, if you don't get a deer this year, you will still be a man. And Lord willing, food line will be open so you can go get a, a cow. And of course. What, all the junk they're putting in them this day and time. I'm not sure if you want to eat it, but bless it first. I think you'll be all right. I think. I think that's right. Well, I've not made any headway with the hunters there. But you know good and well that's a good illustration because people worry about all kinds of stuff. People just worry, 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 worry. The Lord will take care of you. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. Don't worry about what other people, how other people's prospering. Just worry about you and the Lord and trust in him. The Bible says, don't, don't fret thyself because of him who prospereth in the way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. He said a lot of people just get rich because they know everybody wants wickedness and they invent stuff to go along with wickedness and they make money that way. Amen? Well, the Bible says don't worry about that. Just you rest and don't worry about it. Relax your mind. Trust in the Lord. He'll give you, he'll give you the desires of your heart. The Lord will do that. The Lord will do that. Amen? I always had this thought when we'd go fishing and didn't catch nothing. Sometimes the Lord's merciful to you. Sometimes the Lord's merciful to the fish. I, up there in the mountain, they just started stocking the, the creeks with trout again. I had the idea while I was up there. And I think I made some people mad by just opening my mouth. I said what they ought to do is stock these creeks with the fish that can reproduce and then just let y'all not fish for the next five years. What in the world? They didn't like the idea of that. But I tell you what, listen, the creeks are plumb empty. If they didn't stock them, they'd be empty. Let them come back or something. They didn't like that idea. We gotta fish, man. We go. I gotta be fishing in fifteen minutes, or I'm gonna die. <laughs> Amen. My cousin up there said, "One night while you're here, we're gonna go coon hunting." I said, "That'll be all right with me." 
And then we come up to the day to go, and I, th- I said, you know, I'd just soon go eat at the Mexican restaurant as to run chase after a dog all night. He said, I'm with you. Let's go. <laughs> See, it didn't hurt his feelings none. Didn't hurt his feelings none if he didn't go get to do that stuff. I mean, I think he's done it before. Amen? If I just don't get to the woods right now, I don't know what I'll do. Did you go last week? Then I think it'll keep. <laughs> when I first come to church here, Brother Henry, folks would come up and say, Are you going to have a revival in October? Yeah, why? Now you know Brother Mike, it's deer season. <laughs> Worried to death. What happened? Well, I think of it this way. You come to a revival meeting, throw up your hands, say hallelujah a couple of times, God might give you a deer tomorrow. Right. But fellas, I say, now I'm, I ain't coming to revival. I'm going deer hunting. Go out there and sit all day and don't see nothing. And God's at the edge of the woods talking to the deer. Say, don't go in there. Don't go in there. <laughs> God's turning them back. God's turning them back at the edge of the field just so you can't get one. <laughs> then God show up to you about the middle of the night and wake you up out of a dead sleep and say, you kind of planned this day wrong, didn't you? <laughs> Shut up, I'm sleeping. Just for that, I ain't never going back to that church. Amen. Well, just rest and take it easy. Follow the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Verse 8, cease from anger and forsake wrath. The Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. Well, in this case, he says, cease from anger and forsake. Those two phrases go together. You cease from anger when? Before it comes, becomes wrath. Before you decide to take matter in your own hands. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Listen, sometimes you feel like standing up for yourself. And I won't say that you shouldn't take up for yourself in some cases. I mean, if we're out in public and you was to say something to my wife or try to hurt her in any way, I'm going to do evil. Yes, sir. And I think you should too. But here's what this verse is talking about. Don't put yourself in a place where you're apt to... Do evil or like evil or something. I mean, if somebody says a bad word to you, you can live with that. Amen? So the Bible says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. In other words, sometimes somebody's going to say something to you personally. And let me back up and say this. You've got a, you've got a fundamental duty to take up for your wife and your children. Amen? You've got a fundamental duty to do that. You're to keep people from hurt. 911 is not always going to be the most expedient answer. Amen. You're going to have to do that. You're going to have to take care of them every once in a while. Well, what he's saying here is cease from anger and, and, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. There's one bad thing about evil and that's when you do it, it feels right to the flesh. You might want to do it again and again and again. Whereas a man might defend his wife or his children and he might have to fight with his hands or maybe even with a gun. God forbid. God forbid that. But there's a difference in that and the, what the Bible calls a striker, somebody that's habitually fighting. And you know good and well if you've got any relatives, if you've got any in-laws at all, you know people like to fuss and fight. If you're a Baptist, you know that's true. Amen? Yes, sir. And so the Bible says, don't, uh, don't get in the place, don't let anger get you to the place where... You're just willing to do evil at all times. Amen. That's what that verse means. Why not? For evildoers shall be cut off. A person that that has it in their mind to do evil all the time, to, to fight, to fuss, to stand up for this position or that position in an evil way. Evil don't mean wicked, by the way. Evil just means bad. A headache is evil. God said He created the evil and the good. Well, God didn't create gambling. That's wicked. God didn't create fornication. That's, that's wicked. God didn't create adultery. That's wicked. But as a punishment for sin, God created evil things. Evil just means bad. A headache is evil. An IRS audit is evil. Do you enjoy going through it? No, then it's evil. Now, certainly robbing banks and, and killing people and assaulting one another, that is an evil thing because it's bad for, for both people, bad for both persons involved. But the Bible says evildoers shall be cut off. So you don't get in the place where you'd be considered an evildoer. Amen? 
I've had to watch out for that as a preacher. You don't want to be just Mr. Negativity at all times and enjoy that and, and get your kicks out of being just Mr. Negative all the time because if you do, uh, you could be associated with evil, with, with badness, with whatever the case may be, bad attitude, bad mind. Amen? Be nice every once in a while. Yeah. Amen? He says, For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. That's a good verse. For yet a little while, just going to be a little while. I'm going to quit here in just a second. But look at, these, look at this verse. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. One of these days you're going to be looking around, they won't be an actor on the planet. Just be real people doing real things. Won't be but just a little while and you'll look around won't be no drunkards no more. Won't be one person stumbling home drunk. Won't be but just a little while there won't be one dope dealer on the planet. Won't have to worry about letting your little kids go out and uh, do what they need to do and they can play with lions or the man that lives three doors down. Won't make no difference. They just go anywhere and do everything because there won't be no evildoers left. Won't be nobody to cause harm. Won't be no Democrats. Amen? Probably no Republicans either. Amen? I'm surprised I got more amens on the Republicans than I did the Democrats, but I'm going to have to do a census to find out if we ain't got some Democrats in here. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be, shall not be, they shall not be. They'll just be gone. He said, Thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. You go down to where the beer joint used to stand, where all the people got drunk and got killed on the way home, and you'll say, Reckon where that beard, wonder what God done with that beard joint. And it'll just be gone. He said, You'll diligently consider their place, and it just, just won't be there. The wickedest man I ever knew lived right over there, and now you can't even tell anybody ever lived on that hill. God's going to get rid of them. Not, God's not just going to get rid of the person, He's going to get rid of everything involved with them. I mean, Manhattan's going to look like a skating rink one of these days. I mean, a wicked place. Amen. Surprised I didn't get more amens right there either. For yet, let, yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his... I don't... California might fall in the ocean. I've heard that somewhere before. Verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth. That's where your sermon on the mount came from. And shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. God's going to give you so much peace, He calls it an abundance. It's an overflow. Just, there's just too, imagine this. There's too much peace around here. You ever said that in your life? Have you just walked around and said, it's too quiet? <laughs> I, I don't know that there's a, such a place for that for me. I got up in some of them mountains and, and listen, I, uh, I got to sitting up there and I realized there wasn't one noise going on. I couldn't hear no trains in the distance. I didn't hear no mosquitoes flying by my ears. I didn't hear nothing. All I heard was just quiet. I was like, Whew. I didn't hear no swamp bugs chirping and frogs gulping. I didn't hear none of that stuff. Just peace and quiet. I said, Sat there about 10 or 20 minutes and got up and said, let's get back at it. Let's go back where the people are. <laughs> they broke your peace. But at any rate, God said, one of these days, you just let the evildoers do what they're going to do. And you trust in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And then one day, He's going to take all this wickedness and He's just going to get rid of it all. And He'll leave you here by yourself. Won't be nobody bothering. The IRS won't call no more. You won't need no doctor's visits no more. Amen. God's going to do that for you. You say, where's that going to be in heaven? No, we're going to do that right here on earth. Right here on earth. Amen. The meek shall inherit the earth. The earth. Inherit the earth. Not inherit heaven. Inherit the earth. And shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. How in the world can we get to a place where there was an abundance of peace? There's only one name to associate with it. And it's not Pastor Easter. It's not Brother Irie or, or Brother Spike. It's not it. Listen, man can't bring it in, but the Lord Jesus Christ can. He died on the cross for our sins, gave us redemption from our wickedness. But not only that, He's going to take care of the evil man. He's going to give you peace. If you'll trust Him and follow you, He'll give you the desires of your heart. Plus, one day, take away everybody in this world that's ever bothered you in the sense of wickedness. Now, if your mother-in-law, mother-in-law bothers you and she's saved, she's going to be right there with you for all eternity. 
But God will give you a heart to even love her. Or maybe it is not your fault. Maybe God will give her sense enough uh, to hang around you without bugging you to death. But either way, it's going to be fixed. God's going to fix it all. And that's a silly little illustration, but I'm sure if you search your life, you'll find all kinds of problems that you just wish would go away. All kinds of people that bother you that you think you'd be better off if they weren't there. And that's probably some truth to that. But you keep trusting in God. Don't let them discourage you. Don't let the troubles run you out. Don't let the troubles steal your joy. Don't let the problems steal your victory. Trust God. Don't fret. Don't get so angry that you'll do evil yourself. Just let God handle it. And one day He's going to take all that mess away. He surely will. That's a promise from God's Word. I didn't get all 40 verses done, but I'm sure you'll appreciate me for stopping right there. Amen. Lord, we do thank You for Your goodness and for Your mercy. Lord, we got great and precious promises as Simon Peter talked about in this Bible. You said You would take care of us. Lord, You you said that we'd have tribulation, that we would have hardship, that we would have trials. But Lord, I know that inside those tribulation and trials, You're going to make us more than conquerors, and You're going to give us the victory. And Lord, whether it's tribulation from the world or tribulation in our own lives, within our own families, within our business, uh, our businesses, or whatever the case may be, God, you give us victory, and You'll take away the evil, and Lord, You'll, get, you'll make us triumph, and then Lord, you'll, you'll show to the world that Your people, the righteous, have made good judgments and good decisions. I pray You'd help us with it. Help us, God, to do the right thing. Sometimes it hurts in our flesh to do the right thing, but help us to live one day at a time trusting You. And Lord, do great and mighty things in our lives. And we'll give You the credit for it. We'll give You the honor and the glory for it. Thank You for what, we, uh, for what we've been able to do today and gathered together and worshiping You and singing the songs of praise and then, Lord, opening the book and reading it. Thank You for this day. Thank You for these that have come out both this morning and tonight. Bless them. Help them. Strengthen them. A lot of folks sick. Lord, I pray You'd help them with that. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming tonight. You're dismissed. Don't forget, Ruth wants to meet with the ladies.